Was that my phone? Yes. God damn it. I swear. If it's my mom, <laughs> she's always calling during recording. <laughs> Episode 8 of Booze Podcast. I'm your host, Ollie. And I'm Sam. And thank you for joining us for Spooky Season. Yes. I mean, I'm really sad that it's kind of coming to an end. I mean, the spooky season never ends for me, for us, really. I mean, we're spooky all year round, but it's the time where we can actually express ourselves comfortably. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I don't have any kids, but I've been buying a whole bunch of Halloween crap. And I was at Walmart today, and I had bought some hooks for my bathroom because it looks like a crime scene and some skeletons. This lady comes up to me, and she goes, oh, you're a fun mom. <laughs> I was like, no, I just like spooky stuff. See, you don't have to be a mom to be fun. Yeah. Well, well that's weird. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, is that something people think? No, I don't think that. Not saying moms aren't fun. I have a fun mom. You could be a fun mom, but... My mom's pretty fun, too. <clears throat> yeah, so we... I know Sam posted a picture of her Christmas tree, Halloween tree. Yes. Um, so we'll have to post a picture of her her bathroom because holy shit, <laughs> it looks so good. I have to go all out. It's just in my blood. It yeah no you really do go all out. Thanks. So thank you for everyone who has liked and followed and messaged us yes it makes me so happy it really does yeah, you guys have been so supportive and so sweet and it just warms my heart I, every time i see messages i like have happy tears i'm like oh we're doing a good job <laughs> yes thank you all so much all right so last week we did a little something different i feel like every time me and sam get together we we have like a laundry list of things that we're gonna do and then we just record and like go out to eat and that's it yeah <laughs> but last week we did take the time to visit some spooky areas we went on a field trip we did yeah so it was a lot of fun we almost died <laughs> well i think the only way we were close to death or harm was if one of us had accidentally tripped running <laughs> Because in retros <laughs> retrospect, there really was no danger. There was lightning out. It was lightning out, but really far. It wasn't above us. It'd be different if it were above us because then true. we could potentially be struck by lightning. Yeah, but we noped right out of there. Oh, yeah. We were there for probably tops four minutes. Yeah, the video was like three minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, wait, we're talking about this place and we didn't even oh. say where we were. <laughs> so since we're located... Well, we record in San Antonio. We looked up a bunch of spooky places in San Antonio, which they there are tons of places. Like, Some that we've hinted about previously. Mm -hmm. Like this place, there's spooks everywhere. So we went to, well, we started off at the Hot Wells, which we will talk about. 
Um, spoiler alert, that's my story. Um, and then where did we go after? We went to the wonderful Pearl. Spoiler alert, the Hotel Emma's my story. <laughs> and then we ended our wonderful evening at the Donkey Lady Bridge. And that was, uh, that was spooky. Yeah, I like. turned into the lion from The Wizard of Oz. I was like, I I don't believe, or I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. Like, <laughs> like, I'm usually not a scary, scared person, but it was just eerie. Yeah, well, it was pitch black. There was no lights out. All we had was our iPhone lights. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I told Gabriel about it, and he was like, wow, like, y'all are the worst paranormal investigators. <laughs> I'm like, we're not investigators. We just want to check it out. But we did catch possibly something on the recording yes which we didn't hear anything okay so we're gonna talk about our little trip we left the pearl brewery well the pearl area and it was still light out when we left so we thought okay we're gonna get there in time to just have like get there in time for it to be light out still maybe walk across the bridge snap a few pics and skedaddle Mm -hmm. but by the time we got there it was so dark. You could see, like, maybe, like, five feet in front of you, and that was it. With the light. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, like Sam said, it was lightning. There there was a big storm. Um, Let's see. We were south, so probably towards the west. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Towards the west, there was a big storm, a brewing, so we could see it. So it was just really, it really Eerie. set the tone. So by the time we got out there, you couldn't see anything except with, like, the headlights on. And there was one person out there by himself. As just soon as he phone. saw us, he just left. Yeah, he just got in his car and left. Um, he probably thought we were out there doing drugs or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. No. Do we give off that vibe? I don't know. Oh, Apparently so. I give off a mom vibe, so. Yeah. <laughs> mom and her, I don't know, older, old sister. Well, I've had people say, <laughs> you look like my, like, You'd be my sister, so yeah, we do. We do look like we could. Cause be we're just Hispanic, damn it. So we're just brown, <laughs> just a little brown. brown. <laughs> oh my bad. Oh, making noise over here. <laughs> okay, well, so we go to the bridge. So just to describe it to y'all, if you're not from Texas or if you haven't been out there, um, it's it kind of you go out towards like the country, so really green, really lush. The trees kind of overlap each other. And there's just nothing but farmland. So we turn into this little farm road, and the trees, like... They're, touch- they're, they're almost touching like each like other. They're touching each other. little tunnel. Yeah. 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 Like, so we go, and then, you know, we, we park. There's a little parking area, but the bridge itself is gated off. I think they open it during the day, but at night they close it. Mm. Mm-hmm, because supposedly it's kind of dangerous. People do go out there at night, and there are, there are no lights um, so it's a bridge, and you can hear the water flowing, which I like. I think that's really cool. But you found... Yeah. It is on Applewhite Road in San Antonio, Texas, zip 78264. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to check it out, go during the day or bring a flashlight. Um, Many flashlights. <laughs> and someone with you. Don't go alone. Yes, I would suggest that for sure. Um, but yeah, no, we drove up part and already i was like i was like let's roll down the window afi miss murderer was playing (laughs) (laughs) full-on effect um so yeah and then that was it it was the bridge we recorded for about four minutes i thought i was recording on my phone the whole time 
I was not. <laughs> but we weren't going to go back to re-record. No. It was <laughs> like, w- Sam was trying to walk out, and I was like, nope, 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 I'm not walking across <laughs> that thing. Um, because if you aren't familiar, of course, we should probably tell the story of why it's so haunted. I could read that short story I got from the Pearl about the donkey lady. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, do that. We found a really awesome book. Creepy Creatures and Other Kukuis. So if you don't know what a kukui is, I don't even know a good definition it's the darkness like, something that can get you that's scary that all hispanic kids fear like the boogeyman like something that's going to grab your feet mm-hmm. while you're sleeping yeah like that's uh how we were disciplined as children with fear like don't do that or the cuckoo is gonna get you like okay <laughs> the donkey lady it was already getting dark by the time Antonio finally left his cousin Lupe's birthday party and began his seven <laughs> began his seventy mile drive down the stretch of old road known as Highway 107. He had planned to leave the party early, but he could not seem to break away from the fun of being with friends and family. He knew that it would be a good solid hour before he got to his dorm room at his college. Antonio did not like going down Highway 107 at night because with the exception of one small convenience store, it was deserted until he reached the city of Edinburgh, Texas. Antonio, however, knew that he really needed to get some rest before his big chemistry test Monday morning, and it would be easier and less stressful for him to drive for one hour at night than to fight the morning traffic commute, which could truly be horrendous. It sure is dark, commented Antonio to himself. Dark and scary. No sooner had Antonio said those words that he caught the sight of a lady walking alongside the highway. What's anybody doing walking out here in the middle of nowhere this late at night, he wondered. Antonio decided to stop and see if the lady needed help. Perhaps her car had stalled. Hey, do you need any help? asked Antonio as he pulled up beside the lady. She gave no response. It's okay, said Antonio. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to help, he assured her. The lady then began to move closer to Antonio's car. Her head bowed down as if to conceal her face. Look, lady, I'm sorry if I scared you, Antonio began to say, but cut his sentence short when the lady looked up at him and her face was the face of a donkey. The donkey lady gave out a loud and horrendous wail just as Antonio slammed his foot down on the gas pedal. As he sped away, Antonio turned to look at his rearview mirror. She's right behind me, he cried out as he noticed the donkey lady had dropped down on all fours. (laughs) (laughs) This is not what I read on the internet. (laughs) We should probably have read the book before reading it. mental image (laughs) okay okay okay, sorry (laughs) Uh, he cried out as he noticed that the donkey lady had dropped down on all fours and was now giving chase galloping as if she was a horse the donkey lady seemed to be moving faster and faster as impossible as it seemed he she was catching up to him did not seem to matter how fast antonio was driving the donkey lady just kept drawing nearer and nearer Antonio caught sight of the convenience store that was coming up about a mile down the road and began to speed up even further in an attempt to reach the store and ask the clerk for help. Just then, Antonio glanced by his side and saw that the donkey lady was running right beside his car. (laughs) She bared her teeth at him in a menacing grin, and then her eyes began to smolder like red-hot ambers. Leave me alone, cried Antonio. Why won't you just leave me alone? I was only trying to help. 
At that moment, Antonio noticed that the donkey lady seemed to be moving slower. The closer he got to the lights of the convenience store, the more the donkey lady fell behind. Just as Antonio finished pulling into the convenience store parking lot, the donkey lady slowly disappeared into thin air. Thin air. <laughs> it disappeared into thin air. Never again did Antonio drive down Highway 107 so late at night. Interesting take, Mr. Xavier Garza. Okay, Mr. Garza. That's interesting. Definitely a children's book take on the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a little bit of research prior to going and we found articles from uh, like my essay. There's another, I'll have to update our resources on that one. Go back and find it. Um, but some local paranormal experts had written about the Donkey Lady Bridge. <laughs> And those stories recall, or those stories say that way back, according to the Rivered Report, which shout out to some of my homies that work there, uh, local myths date back to 1950s or the 1800s. So it's kind of all over the place. There aren't really solid accounts of this actually happening, but legend says that there was this house in that area where the bridge is located that burnt down. Uh, some say that the husband who lived in the house like killed everyone, killed the children, killed the, or yeah, killed the children. The house burnt down. Um, others say that there was like a stranger who came in and broke in and then burnt the house and burning, murdered everybody. Murdered everybody. But the woman, the mom, and the mom and the wife in the home survived. Um, but due to the fire, uh, suffered from insane burns um so bad that they mutilated her body and that's where she became uh or that's where it legend says that she resembled a donkey and that's because when the fire melted her hands it melted them down to the stubs and they almost Mm -hmm. like resembled hooves and her face the way that it was burned it like elongated and just gave that donkey like appearance and supposedly everyone in the neighborhood made fun of her and was really mean to her about it which is really fucked up yeah, and yeah, and then other stories say that she, uh, like, drowned herself in the river. She fell in the river or drowned herself in the river due to all of this, uh, or, you know, the tragedy that her, that struck her family. And there is another obscure version where either the wife abuses a donkey or a stranger abuses the donkey and something happens to the woman because of the donkey's abuse that turns her into a donkey lady. That's a very obscure version of it that kind of rails off from the other stories but thought we'd include that in there as well okay this is from the uh, river report whatever the story uh visitors or visitors to the old apple white bridge just inside loop 1604 near the intersection of apple white and jet road tells or tell tales of hearing the horrifying braying of a donkey from the dark woods late at night sometimes said to be the woman's ghost sometimes an actual living creature Either way, drivers are warned not to be surprised to find damage to their cars in the form of claw marks on the hoods, um, a cracked windshield, or even blood. We did not read that before we went out there. No. I should go double-check Officer Tubbs and make sure he doesn't have any dents. (laughs) Wait, what? Who? My car's name is Officer Tubbs. (laughs) You never said that before. (laughs) I was like, who and what? Um, But then the next line says, enter the donkey lady hotline. What? 210-960-3826. What's that? Give me my phone. Wait, no, no, no. I just <laughs> listened to an episode of Two Girls, One Ghost on uh, Cursed Hotlines, so. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Oh, let me go. Do you think the phone's going to interfere with the... I can try. 
No, don't do it to me. If someone answers, I'm going to hang up. I have phone anxiety. Me too. so we're gonna have to play it back that's so funny um let's what see. did she even say something about chicken fingers chicken fried chicken and sweet tea mm. i think it was only supposed to be a project that was a week long so each night a new 45 second message awaits callers to the donkey lady hotline but barada i like what barada says in here she says she's been through some chingasos she's always <laughs> fighting for what's right <laughs> she's funny a merger of your tia, your abuelita, and your coworker. She's all of us, really. I like that. I wish I what, knew about this last year so I can call in every day and hear mm-hmm. the story. But that's cool that it's still active. Anyways. But yeah, so that's fun. That was interesting. <laughs> so that's the Donkey, donkey Lady Bridge mm-hmm. in San Antonio where some people do claim that they hear a woman donkey donkey woman crying <laughs> hear hooves or see scratches on their car but what we heard was a oh, growl we did hear a growl so when we were there you can hear the cars zooming by like mm-hmm. you can clearly hear cars and there's a point where sam says did you hear that and then the lightning strikes and then we just book it <laughs> we just run so uh we went home played it back and there's this weird just sound in the background so first you hear the cars passing and that kind of sounds to the side of us and then like maybe like a second later right behind us it's pitch quiet and all you hear is this very low very quick growl Mm -hmm. or what we think is a growl yeah it sounds spooky but it could be nothing we don't know because we were listening to it back home and we heard it real quick and i'm like what was that and then we played it back and we were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so then we called Matt into the room and he's like, well, it's a car. I'm like, no, the cars were the beginning before that. He was like, oh. He's like, well, if, well was it a plane? And I was like, a plane would have kept going. You would have heard it completely pass over us. This was a very quick, low-toned. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have the video, so we will post it. Oh, yeah. Sam made this great, fun little video uh, <laughs> showcasing a our... little Ghost Adventures parody. <laughs> yeah. So, so to speak. Be on the lookout. But yeah, that's what we did last week, and that's that kind of wrapped up our day. And I would love to go back during the day when it's not pitch black and I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I'll probably still be scared. <laughs> Maybe if we get out of here before 7. Yeah, we could. Mm-hmm. We still could. Bring we'll that. keep you updated. Yeah. yeah. Bring, br- we'll bring a flashlight this time just in case. <laughs> it's going to we'll be like chewy. <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the day with the flashlight just in case. Yeah, so. So let's wrap this back around and go back to our first stop, which was the Hot Wells Bruins. Yes, yeah, so... 
Here we go. In 1992, the Southwestern Lunatic Asylum, now known as the San Antonio State Hospital, was searching for a new water source. They begin drilling in what is now the southern part of San Antonio, right into the Edwards Aquifer, which at the time was still a bit of a mystery. So if you're not familiar, if you're not from around here, the Edwards Aquifer is the most prolific artisan aquifer in the world. And I remember like being a kid and at school one day we had this whole day of the Edwards Aquifer, like learning about it and geologists were there showing us like the rock formations and um, like the limestone that creates the aquifer. And it's a very sciencey and really over my head, but yeah, I got to skip school, so it was fun. You appreciate it now. Yes, I do. I Yeah, I get excited hearing about it. So the Edwards Aquifer is in like regular basic bitch terms, <laughs> this huge <laughs> hole underneath us um, that's full of water and that's where we get um, our water from like it spans like over a thousand feet of texas or a thousand miles of under over texas and that's where we get our water from um so like austin gets their water you from under texas under yeah it's not over <laughs> god we'd be noah's ark if it was over um and then even in my small town in sonora i believe we sit on edward's aquifer also and then we have a cavern in sonora which kind of shows like how porous it is underneath us but that's a little bit of a um, nerd rant. It's a great source of drinking water because of all the limestone. Like when it rains, it goes through the ground and the limestone kind of purifies it and makes it drinkable. So once the drilling started, sulfurous water bubbling at 104 degrees Celsius began pouring out. So it's like jackpot because back in those days, um, back in the 1890s, sulfur, like sulfur baths were considered to be like all the rage. Like you got, I don't know, what's condition, any condition, oh, you got skin problems, like, take a sulfur bath. Oh, you're missing, like, your right toe, go, like, go take a sulfur bath. Like, yeah, like, they seriously thought this would cure everything, um, but, I mean, they do have some uh, benefits now that we know a little bit more, like, uh, some of the healing benefits include treating skin irritations and infections, such as rashes and eczema. Helping Did you say treating? Treating. Oh, I was like, Ew. sorry about that. Treating. How often do they change that water? <laughs> so if you sit in it and someone else has a skin condition, you swap it. Oh, just kidding. that's really gross. <laughs> but anyways, no, you don't swap. You uh, oh. treat skin irritations, <sighs> and then it helps your body relax, which benefits many aspects of your health, like sleeping and nutrition, nutrient assimilation. But anyway, it's just that's just what prompts you when you Google sulfur bath. I think I need a sulfur bath. Yeah, it sounds nice. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Wait, do doesn't sulfur smell sulfur? That's what I thought. I think there's a little bit of a smell to it, but mm-hmm. it's nothing like in science class or you smelt like the little sulfur brock and it's, it smells it like eggs. It doesn't slap you in the face. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh my god, could you imagine taking a bath and coming out just smelling like a like boiled egg? egg. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. No, that'd be awful. Because um, I know in Colorado there are a lot of hot springs and I went to one and I don't remember smelling. Like you definitely wanted to just kind of rinse off after, but mm-hmm. good questions. Anyone? Anyone out there? Please tell us. Sulfur experts. <laughs> sulfur experts. <laughs> yes 
So, due to the hype, the asylum decided to lease the well to a local businessman who turned the site into a popular attraction. By the late 1900s, investors secured a 25-year-long lease to the asylum's magical waters, which also allowed them to complete a bathhouse and three public swimming pools. In 1902, Otto Kohler, who... You'll hear about in my story. Yeah, because he just so happened to also be the... um, founder of the Pearl Brewery, which, I mean, he was a brewer, so my kind of man. Um, he turned the spot into a hotel, the spot, uh, the hot wells into the hotel. Like So the hotel was built around these three pools. Uh, the hotel featured 80 rooms with individual telephones and steam heat, which was super luxurious mm-hmm. in that day. Like, you can call, make phone calls from your room. Wow, people were just so Living amazed. large. Yeah. I never answer my... No, just kidding. I do. <laughs> I always forget that there's like actual landlines in Oh, hotels. I know. Anyway, so investors secured their own well on the property eventually since it became so popular and the asylum water was no longer piped in. By 1908, the hotel had expanded to become one of the largest in the Southwest and the site became a popular destination for the powerful and famous um, a railroad tycoon by the name of E.H. Harriman commissioned a sidetrack built to the site. So he was like, okay, I need this in my life all the time. I'm going to build a fucking railroad. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, like a train track that goes directly there. That is crazy. So this spot was like popping. Um, although no, this, that's being extra back then. Super extra. Yeah, I can't think of any place where I'm like, I need direct access Oh, are those the tracks we passed when we get got into the entrance? That's a good question. Because those are the only tracks I've seen near there. Yeah, it might have been. Now it's probably... They probably used it after mm-hmm. and, you know, made good use of it. Um, but yeah, once you get to the site, which is still standing, kind of, <laughs> you pass some railroad tracks, so that's probably it. Um, but although the spot was booming, things took a turn in 1920. Any guesses why? If you asked me, I probably would be like, I don't know. Um, the Alamo? No, I'm just kidding. We know what that is. Uh, but in 1920, the uh, the prohibition, prohibition started. Oh, that's right. Yes. Gee, oh, my God. I no, should no, know that. No. My story okay. deals with it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's, it's okay. We're not there yet. But, yeah, prohibition. So that was a big bummer because... You know, when you go on vacation, you like to booze it up, which makes the story boozy all around. Um, so without alcohol sales, the hotel started to plummet a little. And then people weren't frequenting as much or weren't coming as frequently because, you know, you dry vacation. Nobody wants that. Um, so the property sold in 1923 uh, for conversion to a I had to, like, look up this pronunciation. Parochial Institute. Parochial. So that that means a church parish. Yeah, turned into, like, housing for uh, those who belong to the church. Mm. So the hotel served as a dormitory until it was consumed by fire in 1925. So that didn't last very long. No. You know, man, I'm so popping, and then it's, like, church time. And And just, (laughs) no, not (laughs) happening. In 1927, tourist cottages were built around the grounds and guests were allowed to use the swimming pools. So it was the hotel around, like the building around, 
was burnt, but cottages were built in that surrounding area so they can still access the pool. Um, and then the Edwards, and then traveling like way, 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 way back later um, in 2013, I'm doing a big jump here, but Edwards Aquifer Authority found the well was irreparable and was turned off. So it had a really long run, like the well itself, even though the buildings around it mm-hmm. burnt down, the well itself was, had been running for 120 years. Do you think the entrance to the wells was that little section we saw that was gated off with the, on the, in the floor? In the floor, like once we walked around yeah, to the like, back. It looked like a well, but it was completely like... Oh, that. I wonder if that was where they pulled the water from. Because mm, I would think that it would come through the pool. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, when we walked around, there were these like big circles, ring-like. Mm-hmm. Like the movie The Ring, like wells beside us that were... Like Samara was about to climb out and kill us. <laughs> yeah, that there was kind of like a little... It was blocked off, though. I'm like, ooh, a grill. A barbecue grill. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's not, not a, grill. a barbecue grill. Um, you can find what is left of the once luxurious Hollywood hotspot, which we'll get we'll get to the celebrity uh, visits here in a second. Um, but if you want to visit, it's at 5500 block South Prescott Street in San Antonio. Um, and it, fun fact, it was available to the public for the first time on April 30th. 2019 so this year like if we did this a year ago we wouldn't have been able to go i mean i'm sure you could yeah Yeah, i'm sure you could but now it's like a site where they preserve it and there's lights yeah they installed lights so now that i kind of talked about the history technical history of it uh let's talk about the celebrities that once frequented the hot wells um and then i am going to post all my sources on our website but this was from nowcastessay.com. Um, I kind of just like grabbed their ex- excerpt from it because um, it kind of just lists like all the people that were there or all the like, fun things that happened while the hotel was still running. So in 1906, the Cincinnati Red- Reds baseball team conducted its training camp at the site. Hmm. In 1911, a silent picture, The Fall of the Alamo, was filmed there. Um, a film studio and production facilities for Gotham Pictures Company um, were planned for the area in 1916, but uh, to be called Gotham City. So that was cool. I was like, ooh, a little yeah. Batman-y. Um, I didn't really look into Gotham Pictures Company, so now I'm interested. That Now that I'm reading it out loud, I'm like, huh. Uh, the resort attracted celebrities such as film director Cecil B. DeMille and actor Sarah Barnhart. Tom Mix, Douglas Fairbanks Sr., and Rudolph Valentino, oh, who's, the, nice who's the only one, <laughs> sorry, that I recognize. Um, <laughs> politicians such as U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt and Porfirio Diaz, the president of Mexico, also visited oh, while nice. it was standing. Um, but if you are a true crime slash paranormal junkie, you'll probably probably be familiar with rudolph valentino and um <laughs> if you don't know what he looks like google him because your eyes will be in for a treat <laughs> yes he's very nice <laughs> to look at well, i mean with a name like rudolph valentino he like, better be nice to look exactly. at exactly i'd be so disappointed if he just like i don't know i couldn't think of anybody that i'm disappointed to look at <laughs> so this is from <laughs> i don't know why i'm laughing at this but this is from unsolvedmysteries.com <laughs> in 2003 and Man, that website. It, you can tell. It was like they have not touched it since it's 2003. An um, very basic, very good stuff. 
Um, but just a little side note on Valentino, just because I think his story is really interesting. In the 1920s, the super hunky Rudolph Valentino visited a jeweler in San Francisco and was immediately drawn to a specific piece of jewelry in the shop. Um, but the, the jeweler was hesitant to sell it to him because he claimed that it was cursed. But the idea of a cursed ring only made Valentino more attracted to the ring. Like, he was like, ooh, well, I like curses. (laughs) He's like, yeah, let's do it. Then things took a turn for Mr. Valentino. Um, He was in the film The Young Raja, which was a failure. Like, it totally busted right after he purchased the ring, ironically. Um, And then he wore it in his last movie, The Son of Sheik, Shike only to die shortly after um, of acute peritonitis while still wearing the ring. What's that? Peritonitis? I have looked it up. Or actually, it was, um, I looked it up when we were at the wells, and then, of course. Peritonitis. Peritonitis is inflammation of peritoneum, typically caused by bacterial infections, either via the blood or after rupture of the abdominal organ. That sounds Awful. It sounds like a terrible way to die. Very haunt. Very cursed. Like, that sounds like you, you can only get that if you're cursed. So then the ring was passed on to one of his friends, actress Pola Negri. She fell shortly ill after, but recovered. However, her career did not survive. The ring was given to young singer Russ Colombo, who reminded her of Valentino. Probably also very handsome. He soon died in a shooting accident. Still proud of his ring. So, where's the ring now? We're about to get there. Ooh. Um, yeah, because this is a long track. <laughs> long track with the ring. Um, the next owner was Columbo's friend Joe Casino. He placed the ring in a glass case, but succumbed to temptation to wear it. He was killed in a traffic accident one week later. I hate that. I hear bare naked le- ladies one week in my head after reading that. Um, <laughs> one week since <laughs> yeah it's been one week of him wearing that ring and then he died uh, but Casino's brother Dell owned it after Dell was that all they gave you <laughs> D-E-L he was a skeptic to the ring's murderous history but um, but put it in a safe after wearing it proudly for some time it was robbed then by James Willis I'm telling you this ring has a long trek um, who set off the burglar alarm of the house and was shot dead by a policeman um, after the alarm went off in the thief's pocket was the ring, of course. So he had it on his himself. He had it in his pocket when he was when he died. Um, the ring was placed back into Casino's safe, but was borrowed by small town director Edward Small, who planned to use it in a movie on Valentino's life. Why don't do that? Don't you get a replica of it made? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I get being authentic, but it's a little too fuck? much. Um, an unknown who passed the screen test name. Jack Dunn wore the ring during the test only to die a fortnight later of a rare blood disease. Jesus Christ. Casino regained the ring and placed it in a safe deposit box in Los Angeles Bank. Um, According to Unsolved Mysteries in 2003, the ring is still there, but it's actually not. Um, Oh, wait, just kidding. I was thinking of a painting that donned the ring in the painting that went on for auction in 2017 which i thought was kind of cool that's the picture i want to post on instagram is um there was a painting of negri the first owner after valentino wearing the cursed ring 
and it was up for sale and or up for auction in 2017 according to the guardian and it was believed to have started in fifth like on ugh, the bid starting started at fifteen thousand. so this was a pretty pricey painting painting but i guess the ring is still in that los angeles bank So, yeah, that was just a little side note. I thought that was interesting. But, of course, there are podcasts that cover it in extreme death. I know My Favorite Murder, I believe, covered it. Oh, I haven't heard that one, then. I think. I want to say. But, yeah, so if you want to hear more information on that story specifically, definitely check that out. A spooky. But, well, yeah, that's a good segue. You're like, okay, we heard about the wells. We heard about... The pool, we heard about Valentino, but what makes this boozy? Of course, it's haunted. Supposedly. 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 So, according to KSAT 12, some visitors have never left San Antonio Hotwells. The Hotwell Conservancy Board President, Dr. Yvonne Katz, expressed in the article uh, from KSAT that they have received reports of paranormal activity going on in the ruins. Um, Justin Parr, a caretaker at the Hotwells, has also expressed feeling as though there is a presence. He adds that the presence is a friendly one, though. Hmm. Yeah, one story he tells is that a woman, is that of a woman who can be seen standing in a window, but all the windows are currently closed shut, like the windows that are there. I don't remember. Well, yeah, there were a few, like, window openings. But it was, it's all ruins now, so there's not, like, a, a complete room, per se, so. Yeah, so it'd be hard for, like, an actual person to be standing in there. Yeah. Yeah, so he claims you can see, like, a woman, though. It's creepy. Like, through the windows. Um, they, um, let's see. Oh, the Nate, the night, the Nate, the Nate. The night, KSAT.com's Erica Hernandez and Adrian Garcia visited. San Antonio paranormal investigators may have caught that woman's voice in electronic voice phenomena, or EVP, recording. So, that article that I'm going to post, um, on our sources you can click on it and see the video that um ksat had recorded and they even had psychic tamra johnston also pick up the presence of a man she believed was named nick Hmm. um sapi remembers believe or members believe there are several spirits that haunt the place and pictures taken at the site show what looks like orbs floating around so yeah that article does have the pictures of little orbies i'll post those too yeah um but we did not get any orbs. We did. Orbs. Well, yeah, it was also during the day. That's true. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Orbs can show up during the day, but I think they're just harder to see. see. Yeah. We are not paranormal investigators. <laughs> I, I can't stress that enough. <laughs> we tried. We tried. Man, I, I cannot believe me, like myself. I was all at the Donkey Lady Bridge for a total of four minutes, and I was trying to go to that overnight um uh, black swan in experience <laughs> i wouldn't have lasted <laughs> Jeez. um but anyways these hauntings kind of remind me of um this is, i don't know this is a stretch but the shining you know how it's a hotel mm-hmm. Do, have you seen the shining oh, okay well i've seen little tidbits of it but i haven't i went on this like whole debate with uh, our friend zach and gabriel the other night about the shining because i saw it and then i'm like eh, this sucks mm-hmm. um but zach claimed that it's the best horror movie ever made um shout out to zach if you're listening to this um and then of course i had to dive in and look at a bunch of youtube videos on the symbolism in it and i'm like wow and actually it's pretty good now that i'm paying attention and thinking about it um 
but one of the ideas of it is that the ghosts like are there, they're the ghosts that live there that have mm. been there before and it kind of reminds me of like re- residuals residual hauntings um so perhaps that's what's going on at the wells like yeah people went and had a good time and the happy memory yeah like their presence there. being there because i mean if you don't know what i please correct me if i'm wrong but the re- residual hauntings is like something that happened in a previous life just happening over and over and over again like we're still those are those people that lived there before still like leave their mark on this earth their energy yeah and it's just kind of a a loop of what's going on so maybe they're still living it up over there and that's what they see because mm-hmm. um supposedly these are happy happy fun ghosts who are just having a good time and it's probably just them vacationing swimming in that pool yeah over and over again that's kind of nice that seems really nice yeah i hope i haunt disney world (laughs) yes (laughs) maybe like forever on the haunted mansion (laughs) yeah supposedly like every now and then someone sees this woman with two beers in her hand and like (laughs) mickey mouse ears that look like conchas and a churro in her mouth (laughs) churro in her mouth we don't know how she does it but ooh, it's spooky (laughs) we just have little floating churros all around you (laughs) man yeah that's what i hope happens to me that sounds bomb (laughs) But yeah, those are the hot wells of San Antonio. And if you're in the area, go check it out. I think it's cool. You can even have a little picnic there. They have little tables and all that. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cute. You just can't bring your bouncy house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no bouncy houses. <laughs> it was listed as one of the rules. And no alcohol on the premise. You can do it in the parking lot, like um, mm-hmm. the security. <laughs> oh, yeah. When we rolled up, the security there. I believe they were security or like the groundskeepers. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I wonder if it was the one that was in this article. I kind of wish I went up and asked them, <laughs> but I don't want to interrupt them. They were in their truck just having a few Cracking brewskis. a cold one. Yeah. And, yeah. On a, on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday at two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were living their best life. So. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the ghosts appreciated that. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah. Okay. So that was the Wells. Um, we have some fun pics that we took and we'll make sure to post those. For sure. This one's definitely going to be picture heavy. Okay. Oh, it's so beautiful. This hotel anyways not my hotel your (laughs) hotel my hotel there's not much left (laughs) so my story is the hotel emma at the pearl and um for anyone who's visited san antonio it's nestled in the center and it is one of my favorite absolute favorite places here um i i literally take everyone here the food is amazing it's hipster as hell but there's just so many photo spots and the atmosphere is wonderful Oh, I'd also live there if the damn apartments weren't more than double my mortgage oh payment. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> I know. That being said, um, one of the reasons I do love the Pearl so much is because of the Hotel Emma. And at around $400 a night, I'll just gawk at the lobby. <laughs> I am i don't make the big bucks enough to even stay a night at the Hotel Emma. One day. One day. One day, for one sure. Day the Pearl Brewing Company began production of Pearl Beer in 1886 with, guess who... My guy. My guy. Otto. Otto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, shit, what is his name? So Otto Kugler, our guy, um, was the president and manager of the brewery and was one of the only five Texas breweries to survive the Prohibition. In 1985, Pabst purchased the Pearl Brewing Company, moving production to Fort Worth, and the San Antonio Brewery closed permanently in 2001. And then in 2015, it was reopened as the Hotel Emma. 
But what's so special about the Hotel Emma? Do you know? It's really nice, and you can take your mimosas inside. And Do you know they give you free margaritas at 3 p.m. if you're staying there? What? Right? Oh, my gosh. This place is bomb. <laughs> Instead of having a wedding, I should have just got, like, three rooms there <laughs> <laughs> and just drank margaritas. So... Before the Pearl Brewery ever became, became ever so popular, the spot was merely background noise to a story about love, murder, and three women all named Emma. Because Otto was a dog. <laughs> a smart one, though. Uh, not really, actually. Well, <laughs> I mean, first impression, I'm like, dang, you found, like, three chicks you were into all with the same name? Like, did you do that on purpose? Because, I mean... I feel like cheating takes a lot of work, it mm-hmm. seems like, because then you have to remember the names, you have to make sure you don't call your, like, wife or husband, like, that name of the other, of your Sancho or Sancha, like, that'd be so hard. Well, that's why you don't do it. True. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> he skipped a lot of hurdles by just finding Emma's. He was sleazy, but he didn't have any brain, I'll just tell you that. So, I'll try not to confuse you with the names, but... It, it might get a little confusing. So the story begins with our first and most prominent Emma, Emma Kohler. And this badass took over the Pearl Brewery after her husband Otto was killed in 1914. And we'll get to that. Um, she successfully led all her employees through the Prohibition era without firing or letting go of a single employee. Dang, how did she do that? Um, so when the Prohibition hit, instead of, you know, just trying to make... Try, trying to make ends meet with whatever was left over, she put in over a million dollars out of her own pocket into the company, and she started um, doing, like, non-alcoholic beers. She, they started doing ice cream and just mm-hmm. sodas, just anything to keep production up. But before that achievement, we're going to go back about four years. So Emma Kohler was in a car accident and required full-time care at home. Her husband, Otto, hired a home nurse, who was also named Emma, but she went by Emmy. And not to fall into the stereotypical, I'm banging the nanny and I'm banging the nurse genre, <laughs> but since Slimeball, Otto began messing with nurse Emmy, we're going to hit into that stereotype. And then Emmy introduced Otto to her f- friend, the third Emma. Whoa, they were friends. They were best friends. So Emmy introduced Otto to her friend, the third Emma, and this third Emma was tall and blonde. All reports say she was like hot stuff. So Otto set up the pair of Emmas into a house on the city's south side, which makes me wonder when did the first sugar daddy happen? Because they were doing the sugar daddy game way before sugar daddies became a thing. I'm pretty sure it's always been a thing. I mean, if you think about it, women had to get married for the resource of money. That's true, yeah. So everyone was a sugar daddy before women had the right to work themselves. That's true, yeah, for sure. Which is that really a win? Uh, There's days where I'm like, ugh. Well, I mean, they weren't married to him. They were just kind of... Oh, I see what you mean. Like, like, here's a house. Go do your thing. Oh, yeah. well, mistresses... I don't know. Just like, how much? How much money do I have? Like, how much money would I lose? Like, giving? because you couldn't divorce them either back then, because nobody wanted to marry a divorced woman. I think it was just kind of like you. It was like it is what it is. You yeah. just kind of accepted it. So on November twelfth, nineteen fourteen, Otto visited the house, and some sort of argument occurred between Emma number three and Emmy. And in the heat of the argument, Emma number three shot him dead. When police questioned her, all she said was, I'm sorry, but I had to kill him. (laughs) 
So we don't know what this argument was about or what occurred. All we know is that she shot him dead. So Emma number three was charged with murder but fled to Europe to help as a World War I nurse. Which makes me wonder if Emmy and Emma number three met in like the hospital as nurses or something like that. Mm, yeah. Which, oh, because she was a nurse also? She was the at-home nurse for oh, well, Emma number one. Emma, middle Emma was a nurse first. And mm-hmm. then she just brought over her friend mm-hmm. like to work or? Um, they she just she just introduced him to Otto, so I'm gotcha. assuming she was a nurse too. Four years later, Emma number three returned to the Alamo City and was found not guilty by an all male jury, which makes me believe she was probably pretty dang hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, later, she married one of the jurors and she moved in with him into a little house on Huntstock Avenue. And Emmy number two, the middle one, got married and was never heard from again. So Hotel Emma was named after Emma Kohler the first Emma, before opening in November 2015. And a drink called the Three Emmas memorializes the woman at Sternworth's bar inside the hotel, which that bar is beautiful. Like, it mm-hmm. takes my breath away every time I walk in there. If I could live in a room, I would want to live in that room. So according to the Hotel Emma website, the hotel is named in honor of Emma Kohler, a towering figure in Pearl history. While other breweries were shutting down, Emma kept her entire workforce employed. She turned over control to the co- of the company to her nephew in 1933, but was a formidable president at the brewery until her death in 1943. It seems like they put up a little ofrienda like, at yeah. the Pearl Brewery. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. They even sell a kit on the Hotel Emma website of like to make your own ofrienda and all that stuff. Oh, so, yeah. That's cute. But that's, it's a very short Hotel Emma story, but that's the Hotel Emma. But it's a very interesting one. Um, suppo- and I love how it overlaps. Yes. <laughs> Supposedly, the Hotel Emma is haunted. Um, Matt has heard firsthand accounts of people talking about how the Hotel Emma is haunted. Um, but I can't find anything online, so. Yeah, we actually went on accident because we thought it was on the top. Uh, we confused it with another hotel that's supposedly like the top in the world or the nation mm-hmm. here in San Antonio. And then when we when we were at the Hotel Emma, we we're like, oh, let's read up the story. And we're like, oh, this is not it. This is the wrong <laughs> hotel. <laughs> but it, we still found some true crime there, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, just going is nice. Like, I enjoy just being there because mm-hmm. even if you're not staying at the hotel, um, like in front of the hotel, uh, there's Southerly, which is a brewery also. It's a brewery and, like, fine dining restaurant. That's really good. And then outside, they have, like, a Southerly bar where you can order drinks. And here in Texas, you can't walk around with your drinks. But I guess at the Pearl, because it's privately owned, maybe, you can. You can walk around with your beer. So you can take your drinks and, like, go inside the Hotel Emma and, like, sit and just... Chill out. Look. Yeah, I think... Oh, yeah, Hotel Emma's connected to Southerly, yeah, I think you can, you can, go, walk you can go through the back. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just really nice, and kids take their or kids <laughs> parents kids take their kids parents take their kids, and just there's a lot of people with dogs. Lots of dogs. Yeah, so it's good for like just people watching and chilling on a Saturday. And the food there, oh my gosh, there's some burgers in the food court, not inside <laughs> the hotel, Emma, but kind of near in the little um, grass section. There's like a little food court area. Those burgers are amazing <laughs> pretty good um but side note um uh, I, I wanted to see pictures I like to see pictures as we go mm-hmm. um because typically Sam and I don't know each other's story until the day of recording um so I was trying to look at pictures and then I stumbled upon this um 
this article, well, it's kind of a blog, so I don't know how legit it is, but it's titled <laughs> The Strange Tale of Scientology, Otto Kohler Jr., and the Pearl Brewery Fortune. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we'll have to dig in a little deeper and give you some more updates later. Yeah, but, on our update episode. Yeah, but if you've been, if you want to share some pics or even strange tales of the Pearl Brewery or Any your spooky happenings or your la- uh, lady, donkey lady sightings mm-hmm. please let us know because obviously we didn't see much because we didn't give her any time to we ran up. ran we galloped out. we did <laughs> <laughs> we did oh geez is that it so this in a facebook post but i was like oh i don't want to be all sappy but <laughs> oh like my post <laughs> no no yours was good it was just like short and to the point but what i was gonna say on the post was it's like way back before i don't know i don't know when like i was always like a super confident person but like these past few years like I've developed like anxiety Mm -hmm. and like I just I have all these ideas and it's always like you always hear the voice in your head like oh that's stupid like so I've always wanted to do a podcast but I always felt like oh like no one's gonna listen to me this this and that but we had like an overwhelming amount of listens listens and likes and just thank you for even just a like is appreciated and just listening to our podcast every week like we really appreciate I really appreciate it it kind of goes to show that like taking that leap if you're nervous about anything and you have you know that anxiety and that voice in your head saying like oh that's that's silly like that's never gonna work like just do just doing it's worth it Mm because obviously it proved that people do listen and um it's only gonna grow from here it only goes up like my mama says oh i know her little (laughs) comment she's so sweet yes so thank y'all yeah no more sappy i had been thinking about doing this podcast since january of this year and i didn't make that post reaching out to ollie till june july like Mm -hmm. no it was probably like i say like may at the end of may maybe early yeah, yeah june and that it simmered for so long and like that doubt was just what I was like no one's gonna listen I'm gonna sound awful it's just not gonna work no 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 and then finally I was like fuck it like I'm just gonna make the post and if no one wants to do it that's fine and you know thank you for doing this with me so just do it I'm like Shia LaBeouf like (laughs) do it (laughs) (laughs) so whatever ideas you have brewing in your head just do it it. just do it make your dreams come true Nothing is impossible. All right. Well, that wraps us up. Thank you for listening to our show and our Kumbaya session at the end. Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode. You can find us on all our socials at Booze Podcast. That is B-O-O-Z Podcast. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Gmail. Twitter. Yeah, send us your stuff on Gmail. We appreciate hearing from y'all. We love hearing from y'all. I got so excited when... I see those little messages pop up. I'm like, mm-hmm. ah! <laughs> Make our day. <laughs> Someone took the time to, like, message us, you yes. know? So, thank you guys so much. Bye-bye! Bye.